What's up, everybody? Welcome in. This is Baxter Street Boys. The dogs are 11 and 0. They still have not lost since we started this podcast. That is a fun fact. Um, and it's always good to beat those guys up north. It's just always good. I, I'm I'm sure we'll have a little bit to say about that tonight. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of hoop dogs. They played in the Bahamas this week. Um, and then we'll talk about the game that we have on Saturday. Um, pretty pointless, meaningless game. But anyway, this is Bachelor Street Boys. I'm your host, Cole Wilcox, joined by Griffin Rudy, the co-host today. Jake is, again, MIA. Um, we got a lot to talk about. I don't want to hold us up here on the intro. Um, just want to say to everyone watching, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate the dog faithful. This is what makes it fun. If you could like this video and subscribe to the page, that would be very beneficial. Um, and if you are listening on podcasts, if you could recommend us to a friend, that's the only thing we ask of you guys. Uh, again, we appreciate it. Let's talk ball, baby. It's getting down to the nitty gritty. It's the dogs! It's the Sandler, baby! Oh, he's running over people. Just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. No! <laughs> Your sideline. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Kaylee Ringo. Touchdown, Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. Griff, Griff, nothing like beating the balls, man. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to Kirby. Woo! That's a good song, man. It, it, it hits real nice after you kick the absolute dog shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it ain't bad. Uh, I mean, there's just something about it, like, and people don't get it that it's never really been around Tennessee fans. You get a little bit more when they're good if you're on social media. Like it's it's a different type of ignorance. It's a different type of arrogance. It's a different type of just stupidity. Yeah, just non-football IQ. It's it's just putrid all around. They they've earned the title of the worst fan base in college football. Although Michigan's making a push, that they 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 might not be real people. I haven't I haven't seen much of them to be honest, but. You haven't seen much of what's happening lately where they're just like, acting like that Harbaugh should be freed and he accepted the penalty. It's insane. Dude, That's insane. I swear, I swear I haven't seen a single Michigan tweet. I just am not on that side of Twitter, I guess. But uh, but anyway, Tennessee just – they've lost two home games. Well, the last two home games they've lost, they, they had one of the longest home winning streaks in the country. The game they started that after was in 2021 when we went in there and, and – kick the crap out of them. And it now ends as we walk into Neyland and kick the crap out of them. Um, listen, I, I tweeted out earlier this week. You probably saw it. There's 24-year-old human beings that are walking this earth that have not seen Tennessee win the SEC. There's also 16-year-old human beings that have never even seen them play for it in Atlanta. They are closer to Mississippi State than they are to us. They are never, ever going to be a top-tier program again. They don't recruit at the level you have to recruit at. They get all these bells and whistles. You can't look like Josh Heifel and be an elite coach. There's just a lot of criteria that they are not at that they have to get to. And I don't know if they ever will. And, and, and as soon as their fan base will come to the realization that anything above eight and four has to be celebrated as a good year, then they will become happy people again. But to think that, listen, you you lightning struck a bottle last year where they beat Alabama and they went to LSU and beat LSU, two very good wins. 
But that's what fluky teams do that have talent is win those games. And then fluky teams that have talent lose to South Carolina. Elite teams don't do that. Tennessee will never be an elite team. They're not an elite program. Um, they're going to win a few big games every now and then because uh, they, you know, they're, they, they've they got this little fluke offense that works against some teams. You, Josh Heupel will never beat Kirby Smart, ever, ever, as long as, as long as both of them are still coaching at the current schools. Josh Heupel will never beat Kirby Smart. He will not. Kirby Smart, he's at this point, like Neyland Stadium might as well just be a home game for us because we we dominate that place. I I don't think we've won a game by less than 20 points in that stadium while Kirby's been the coach. The the video of him just standing there in the tunnel, just like looking around, like, yeah, I've seen these guys before. There ain't much. (laughs) He kind of types Dylan Bell in the head, like, trust me. It's nothing to worry about. And doing this is the most overrated, much. most overrated stadium in the country. Um, it honestly pr- is. It's their dude. pride and joy. But then every time it spans the fourth quarter, there, there's the whole masses just walking out, just flooding the gates. Just because something is big, does not mean it's good. If you're the biggest turd in the toilet, you're still a turd. Neyland is a turd. It's not. It's it's a trash can. It's a trash pit. Knoxville is not a college town. There's nothing really like traditional about Tennessee. They, they're so creative. Their best tradition is making a T with the band and running good. <laughs> you the know power how tea, little baby. talent that requires? It's the that's power T. That's their best tradition. It's the power T, Cole. They lack tradition so much they had to bring Dolly Parton in to sing their song. Dolly <laughs> has made a name for herself. She doesn't need Tennessee. Tennessee needs her. That yeah. that like They need Peyton Manning. Like, they they have nothing going for them. Like that, that that's a sorry, sorry, sorry excuse for a powerhouse traditional college football team. They're neither of those. Yeah. Things. No, it's it's honestly insane. And I'm so sick of everyone hopping up Neyland all the time. That place is a dump, number one. It's an absolute garbage stadium. Like it is ugly. It, it, it everything about it sucks. And num and number two, like, yeah. It's loud whenever, like, whatever, sometimes. But it sure as heck isn't loud anytime they play a good team in there because they get their tail whooped. Like, it's – They're not a serious program, so they're not to be taken serious anymore. We, we treat them as any other team that we kick around, like they, they're the Kentuckys, which they have a big rivalry with these days. Kentucky's their biggest yeah. rival. Uh, they still they, – they'll be chirping Vanderbilt this week. Here's my question to you, Griff. Fresh off last year where they were trying to throw Heifel in these discussions with, like, Jim, or Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban, like, talking about he's a, like, top echelon coach. How long is it going to take for them to, to be ready to fire him? That's a good question. And I think that next year when Nico starts and they're not good, then they're going to really That's turn it. on. That's it. This Nico is what, like, it's like Florida fans with AR last year. When like Nico that. transfers inevitably because they suck so bad and everyone's figured out their offense, uh, that's when that's when it'll be over. For, if for Nico them. is anything short of a Heisman Trophy winner, they're going to sour on Josh Heupel because that's the kind of unrealistic expectations this fan base says. Yeah, that, and then they're going to turn no. on him. You, you hit it in the nail on the head. It, it's it's exactly what I was thinking. Their only hope right now is that oh, we got Nico Wade. We got Nico Wade next year. He should have been starting all along. I said, okay. Well, clearly well, he I wasn't. Just, why why was how, it? Now the question has to become, Griff, 
Why was he not? We've seen Joe Milton. We've seen him for four years before this. Like We knew he wasn't good going into this. Nico is so talented and so good that he couldn't beat out Joe Milton this year. So my question to you, Griff, is why is that? He might not be good. I guess we'll see. I guess we will see. No, dude. Anyway, about the actual game, Griff, can we give a round of applause or, or just really like a moment of silence for how special that first 15 seconds was for Tennessee? Just a brief moment of silence. Shout out, Tennessee fans. I, I'm so glad you guys have that. Um, I, I, would, I would, If there's a way you can screen record for a screensaver, y'all should do it. Um, that was, you know, that's one of those plays that, you know, 40 years down the road, we'll still be talking about. That changed the trajectory of college football forever, man. Like that, that first play of the game, I mean, you moments like that don't happen very often, Griff. Like we have to appreciate it. Did you see the video on Twitter of somebody had that, that touchdown and then it cut to them (laughs) rushing the field versus that? Yes, that was freaking, uh, what was it, Skinny Dog or whatever, the Jacob Beeson parody. (laughs) That was yeah. so funny, dude. Was I was dying. Hilarious. Uh, there, there. It's just too easy. Like, I, and I'm not even kidding right now. Like, that was a joke, a little montage, obviously. But every Tennessee fan that I've talked to since that game was like, "Oh, that first play was fun, though." <laughs> I, dude, I, it's crazy. It, it's it almost like makes me embarrassed for them. Like, are you serious? Like they'll be like, yeah, we we suck. They'll always be like, yeah, we suck. But but that first play though was 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 so fun. Like I I thought, who cares? Like there's just no way you can hang your hat on that, bro. Like, it's unbelievable. But it, it worked out so perfect. Like we were talking about it before we got on. Last year they came in with so much hope, and and to beat them that way in that game was the one of the most satisfying wins of my lifetime. Actually, Colt, I know how they could have won this game if it was on a neutral field. And the grass was cut perfectly even. They'd have had a they shot. Got us. Yeah, it would have been closer for sure. Um, the well, I don't even know what I was going to say. What was I talking about before you said that? I don't know. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Dylan Bell first. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, there was some point I had about the game, but now I don't remember. Dang, I forgot about it. Anyway, yeah. So, obviously, they score the first drive. We're, we're doing pictures of Emerson Hancock's wedding. Shout out Emerson Hancock, a DGD, married <laughs> on his honeymoon. Uh, so, we come in from pictures, turn on TV, boom, house call. I was like, okay, well, you know, might be time to start. You know, might be time to start pouring the hard stuff. I wasn't and then, I'll be and honest. And then, when we just marched right down the field, like, yes, we got held to a field goal on the, on the weird snap. Not snap, like the weird exchange with the ball bounced off Kendall Milton. We kick a field goal and then instantly get a three and out. And I was like, okay, we're going to win. Like, we could have picked a number. Kirby Smart could have picked a number of points to put on the scoreboard and we could have scored at this game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's – we could have scored at will. Um, I, We've gave Carson Beck his flowers on this podcast since, I guess – what, the Auburn game? Like, we're like, all right, no more Carson Beck disrespect. I had the rant, like, the auto for every college football fan is when the team's struggling, like, it must be the quarterback. It was never a quarterback problem. It was never an offense problem. 
that like we've we've had that stance from the beginning. If you don't believe us, go back and watch those shows. Yeah, go go watch them all because we've I've stood Carson Beck for a long time. Remember when we made those uh <laughs> okay. Kurt, the Kirby Smart era uh teams we drafted? And uh I waited a while to draft a quarterback because you guys took Stetson and you took Justin Fields. Or Jake took Stetson and you took Justin Fields. And I went with Carson Beck. But nah, I mean, nah, don't don't take a victory lap on that. I, I'm gonna that take a, a victory lap. I that was, was a complete guess. I was 100 right. I was so freaking right. Anyway, bet. I've been sitting on the take for a while because everybody's gonna get all up in arms. They already did get up in arms. I tweeted about it. Some other guy. It was a it was a Bama fan. The guy that watched his film starts talking about Beck, and he's like, "I've watched the film. Like, George is more dangerous with Beck than they were with Stetson. Blah, blah like all this stuff that talking about how good Beck is." As a college quarterback, Beck is the best quarterback we've had in my lifetime. The throws that he okay. makes. I, the, I like this take. I the do throws like this take. that he makes, like, can you think of a bad ball he's thrown in the last six games? Dude, I literally can't. And uh, no, <laughs> they are, dude, he is, he might be the most accurate quarterback that I've seen wear the red and black. It is insane. Dude, I'm 100% on board with this take. I'm 100% on board with it. And I was talking to my dad about it, like, this week. Like, Stetson Bennett, I love him more than anything. Don't get me wrong. I would awesome. never – He was awesome. I would never put Carson Beck over Stetson Bennett in terms of the greats at UGA. I probably wouldn't even put him over Aaron Murray. I love Aaron Murray. And a quarterbacks, you know, whatever. But Carson Beck might be – one, he he might be the best we've ever had in a single year, like just in terms of his play right, and like right. yeah, that, that's it, a good just, way to put it. He he has been so so good this year, like just flawless almost. And it no, it's 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 kind of like alarming how good he's been, how consistently good he's been. It's not like we ride the highs and lows, and his highs are like holy cow, this guy's unbelievable, and you get frustrated when he's not there. Like it is. When he walks on the field, you know exactly what you're going to get. Exactly. It's going to be good decisions, and it's going to be ropes, and it's going to be on the money. Like the dude is he spinning the ball. Such a pretty ball, dude. It's he's so spinning the ball at such a good rate right now. It's insane. Like guys, you can argue with me all you want, but go. His stats are insane. He's throwing at a 73% completion percentage. He has 3,300 yards already. We have a game against Georgia Tech where he's going to throw for maybe 400. Yeah. Aaron Murray's best season, I just looked it up. Aaron Murray's best season was his junior year. In 14 games, everybody thought he played more games. No, this is in 14 games because he played in Atlanta and he played in the bowl game. He threw for 3,800 yards, almost 3,900 on a 64% completion percentage. And then somebody said, well, about Stafford. Stafford, listen, Matthew Stafford will always have – just this pedestal in my heart. Matthew Stafford is my favorite Georgia quarterback ever. And and I'll I'll carry that. He might be my favorite NFL quarterback ever, him and Matt Ryan. But his his college stats are not that good. No, they're not. And you but like it, he wasn't drafted because of his stats. Right. Exactly. That's like, that's where people are getting confused. Like, no, Stafford was the best. Yeah. At this point in his career, Stafford was the best quarterback to come through. At Georgia, he was not the best quarterback to play. His last year, he had 3,400 yards on a 61% completion percentage. Yeah, you won't catch me arguing that Stafford wasn't the best quarterback to ever come out of Georgia because he absolutely is. Yes, I mean, definitely. 100%. I mean, 
It's yet in, to be seen. In college, it's, like, you put it a good it, way. Yeah. But for a one year, this is the best season anyone has played quarterback at Georgia. I agree. It is to this point. Through, tw- through 11 games, I bet it's not close. Not even close. No. I don't have the time to just look up through 11 games for everybody. But he's going to shatter the passing record. And I mean, like, what what Stet get to last year? Like right at four thousand. Yeah, it was like four thousand one hundred. So he's gonna he's it's gonna be pretty. I mean, no, no, it will not. If we play fifteen games, it will not be. If close. we play fifteen games, it's I mean, well, we, that's that's the goal. I mean, that's the goal. We're gonna. I mean, I, I, fourteen. We're we're going to play fifteen games, guys. Yeah, there you go. I was about to say that that was the most realistic you've ever been. I don't realistic. Like I don't like that. This, this, this is more realistic. Is we're going fifteen to zero again, and it's going to get really, really bad on Twitter, on here, and I'm going to be the most obnoxious person that you can possibly think of. So if you're not a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs, you might want to go ahead and go crawl into a hole before we finish this season. Set, set there for forty one hundred on a sixty eight percent completion percentage. Just really, really freaking good numbers, dude. Good freaking ball. Um, and Beck is that let's see, let's see, this puts him on pace for us. A little pace game, he's at 33 <laughs> 20 with, with the 73 percent completion percentage is insane numbers. Yo, That's wild. ridiculous. He He's throwing less passes than like, like Aaron Murray is like, you know, he obviously had over 3,000 yards in every season, but he, I guarantee you, he threw the ball way more than Carson Beck has this year. And what's crazy is they still had the training wheels on him early in the year. Like, yeah, it wasn't – they weren't like – this wasn't the Beck we were getting at the beginning of the year. He was playing like this, but they weren't allowing him to do the things. Yeah, they didn't let him loose yet. So, let's play the little pace game. Um, 33-20 divided by 11, right? 33-20 yep. divided by 11. 301.8 yards a game times 15. 4,500 yards. That's what he's on pace for. And that's just 300 a game. Like, that's not – he's – the only thing stopping him from throwing from throwing 300 yards against Georgia Tech is, is us. Is us beating the dog crap out of him. Why? Yeah. I mean, he could throw for 700. That – you know what, Griffin? You know what I would absolutely love <laughs> is if, if Georgia pulled an LSU, like let Daniels just run wild against Georgia State, if we just let Beck just throw it all over the map on Georgia Tech. That would be He has so to be in New York, right? Funny. Like, he has to be in New York. I almost we hope, Griffin, I almost hope that, like, Georgia Tech has some fluke play or, like, they return a punt or something just to score so we can keep scoring. So, like, we yeah. can keep – so, Beck can just keep scoring. I want to see him go for, like, 500, bro, because he can so let easily. Let him go for 450 on him. And now, dude, he's – he's anyway, like, I, I think we need to spend some time talking about him because we have David Flowers on here. And, and, the, and the college football media is starting to catch on. Like, okay, hold on. This, this is not, like – a typical is, Georgia quarterback. Yeah, this, this is guy's not just winning. He, he's this makes us so dangerous. Like, uh, and then shout out to Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. Ball he in. is pro- potentially like we need to have this list of just like underappreciated dogs throughout the years. Like this guy is is in the top five of that. The he's way he there. plays, he blocks. He's one of the best blocking wide receivers we've had. That's why he's on the field so much. And then you just know what you're going to get. He's as reliable as anybody we've ever had playing a receiver. Dude, just, he's, he's just he's there. Really, he's just open. He's, he's really, really good. I don't – Very good. I just I, – I, we talk about how – everyone always talks about Georgia receivers. 
how, you know, we don't get the big names, whatever. We don't need the big names, clearly. Like, Marcus Rose and me, Jack Saint, like, it, it's clear to see how well he's developed at Georgia. And he was like, a four-star. Like, I mean, he was a four-star, like but even still, like, you know, like, well, no one's ever talked about his freshman year, and he just snapped his leg in half. He did do that. I remember at Florida because that guy uh, – that guy behind us was parading about it. We were like, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's Florida. But he's just so reliable, man. He deserves the the, the praise and recognition. I, I don't care that he, he's had 90 yards. It's just like what he does night in, night out. It's like the Darnell Washington treatment where yeah. you, he doesn't have to catch a pass to be effective. Yeah. He doesn't have to. Um, so, yeah, shout out, Ham. You want to talk about Dylan Bell? What dude. a beast, dude. And I was And I was just thinking the other day, like, you know, I, I wonder about some of these guys who who are kind of featured early and haven't been featured much, like Dylan Bell, like what he's thinking going to the offseason, and then he goes out and does that. It's like, okay, well, he's going to be our dude next year, potentially. We're feeding them. We're feeding everybody. All Every mouth gets fed here, baby. We you didn't know? really even play Labacocky against these guys. That's how much of a joke we treated Tennessee. We didn't hardly play our best player. We didn't need it. That's just like a rest. Like, oh, yeah, we got Tennessee this week. We can rest Lad. He went off. Speaking of Lad, Grip, I saw him in a first-round mock today. Pick 32 to the Eagles. Wow. How about that? What a story that would be. First round. I feel like that's a weird pick for the Eagles, but. What else do they need? They're freaking loaded. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, Stetson Bennett in the first round would be – or not Stetson Bennett. Vlad McConkie in the first round would be hilarious. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, but the offensive line, like, there, there's really no unit we can talk about that was even half bad. The offense, I don't know if Carson Beck's been touched in three games, legitimately. Dude, <laughs> he, he he has such a great pocket presence, too, and it's easy to do when I get when the offensive line I mean, is he's just, just uh, – He's just unconcerned about being touched because our offensive line is just a wall around him. Yeah, dude, it's – they're so good, man. I, I We have really – it's crazy to think how we were talking about this team at the beginning of the season, and it was rightfully so. You know, we hadn't put everything together yet, but – Buddy, these past four games, we have put it all together, and we're playing like the number one team in the country, and like no one's better than us, and I, no one is. So, yeah. in my opinion, um, what's crazy too is like how good Kirby has hired offensive line coaches. Like you talk about nailing hires from Pittman to Matt Luke to Cyril's. There's been no let off. Like our offensive no. lines have just been incredible throughout the years. And even the years where it doesn't look like that we have like top notch offensive line, like ratings, like recruiting ratings, there's not there's not many five stars in there. There's just a bunch of just big old four and three stars. And then they turn into just freaks. And they just we just keep producing them, producing them, producing them. That's why like people are like, Oh, how's George doing this? I mean, that's that's like a top three reason why George it's, is so consistent. Because if you can run the ball every game, and your quarterback stays upright every game, you're going to give yourself a really, really good chance of winning that game. We – let's – can I just take one second to just look where we're at in terms right. – I've been doing that a lot this week, actually. <laughs> I mean, how far we've come, Cole. I mean, we used to sit at a table – in middle school and talk about and try to try to hop ourselves up about <laughs> Grayson Lambert. <No. laughs> and oh man, 
how far yeah, we've I, come. I, I had people on Twitter t- telling us that we were – this is what happens when you have fans starting in 2017. I'm like, buddy, let's not do this. Like, we have been here for it all, man. I promise you there are not two guys in the Georgia fan base who have not been ride or die for this team yeah, since they were born. I mean, come dude, on, you man. know what it was about to Griff. Like this, this is where it's just like, guys, will y'all please relax? Like, understand what we're what we're going through, and just try to laugh every now and then. All I was trying to do was start this shtick on Twitter, where we don't care about the Georgia Tech game. I literally wanted to tell Griff before the show started. It would be hilarious if we just didn't say a single thing <laughs> about the Georgia Tech game and just got off. Like that would be funny. But then people would be like, oh yeah. Y'all are spoiled. Y'all don't know what it's like losing to Tech. Being a blah, blah, blah. Like, no, we, yeah, no one really know, knows like, what it's like losing to Tech all that nobody much. Freaking, <laughs> nobody likes Tech. It's not like I'm sitting here defending Georgia Tech. I want to treat them like they are, which they really are, completely out of my mind. We don't recruit – like, we don't recruit the same guys. We don't compete for fan bases. We don't recruit for facilities. Like, we – they are not even in the same. I don't us. know a Georgia Tech fan. I don't yeah. know one, and I live in Georgia. <laughs> saying Georgia Tech fans are the worst. I don't know that we went to high school with a handful of Georgia Tech fans. I I, I literally can't think of one. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I start this whole stick on Twitter where I'm just gonna act like Georgia Tech's not a rivalry and all this stuff. And it wasn't even the Tech fans getting mad. It was our own fan base getting mad. Like, dude, <laughs> please just play along. No, like I don't know why they're so they're getting so butthurt about like us like acting like they're dirt. They are dirt. all you're doing. All they're you're worthless doing with with giving tech all your hate is just making them feel relevant. They they shouldn't feel relevant. You we should spit on the thought of them. This game is is literally a tune up game for Atlanta. That's all it is. Get out of there with no injuries. When you're when you're one of those get out of there with no injury teams, you know you stink. Yeah, that's. It. That's not the kind of team that you want to be. And that's the kind of team Georgia Tech is every single year for us. And so, Especially when they ran that freaking godforsaken Paul Johnson offense. It, we, we knew, like, we might as well just play the backups. Like, I'll never no. – the, the, my favorite Tech game ever was the 2017 one. I, I think – was that Paul – that had to be close to Paul Johnson's last year. But yeah, – I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> You don't have a favorite tech game. <laughs> I don't even remember them. Well, no, I this one was just so fun. The only one I remember was Roquan blowing them all up. That's that's the one I'm talking about. Okay, that's that was the, that was hilarious. Roquan no, made 13 tackles in the first quarter. So. <laughs> because it was just like he single handedly stopped their offense. It was yeah. awesome. That one was funny. That one was funny. But dude, like, this game is so. What's the anticlimactic every year? It's like, <laughs> I, it's just funny to me that people get so mad when I say they're not a rival. Like, like define rival then, because I'm confused on what that means. Yeah, like, somebody's I, like, well, I just, well, that means that means Auburn's not a rival either. Yeah, no, bull crap, they're not a rival. Like, they've won national championships this century. Yeah, like, dude, I hate Georgia Tech. Don't get me wrong, I hate them. They're stupid. They're dumb. I like literally, I, I can't stand them. But do I think about them ever? No. Do I worry about them ever? No. I don't know a Georgia Tech fan. It's hard for me to like have this like yes. just ultimate hatred toward towards a team that exactly. has no fan base, no relevance, and has no resemblance of what a winning football team is ever. Like exactly. it, it's so hard to care about it. Exactly. 
And I'm um, not going to force myself to just because they're they, the other in-state team. We kind of got in Georgia Tech earlier than I wanted to, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I want. I want. I mean, listen, Griff. We, it, me and you. This is our favorite week of the year when we beat Tennessee. So I'd like to spend a little more time on that. Talk about the yeah, defense. Let's do it. Yeah, defense just stifle them. I mean, one play. Here you go. Here's a, here's our freaking patented give up a touchdown on the first drive, and then and then you're suffocated. You're screwed. It's, it, we just we just want we wanted to spot him seven. Kirby felt like Josh Heupel needed a little boost. Yeah. He he wants to keep him around is what it is. So he let him have his yeah, I would fight. too. <laughs> exactly. He, he wants to keep him around, and so he let Josh Hoppe have his one play, and so the Tennessee fans can hang their hat on him, and not hate him yet. And then, then we took over. You know. Yeah, the, the defense. You know, since we questioned them, like so a lot of people questioned them, they've been like that. Like, yeah, we don't have an off. We don't have a defensive line that consists of Trayvon Walker, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis. Like, that's not what we're rolling well, out. Yeah, but, like, but we're rolling out some absolute dudes. You know, and our secondary might be the best it's been. Like ever, Kamari Lasseter mm-hmm. is—he's—he's he's as good as we've got as we've gotten out there, like legitimately. Yeah, I'm trying to like. All like right. there's with Kirby, there's there's all a right. between there's a group between Baker, yeah, DeAndre Baker, yeah, well, Eric it's, Stokes. It's gonna be hard for me picking Kamari Lasseter. Tyson Campbell too's gotta be right there. Tyson Campbell too. Any which of those four? Which of those four? There's there's just something about debate, dude. That guy was that guy was freaky. But Kamari Lasseter is up there. Yeah. All is. those guys, you can't like you're not gonna lose with, with any of those picks. Those guys no. were all dogs. They're like, and they're all incredible. And then you have the back end like just Bullard Starks. Like Starks, you don't even we don't even see him in the game anymore because nobody throws at him. You can't. To not throw at a safety is is incredible. He's, to avoid he's, throwing at a safety is insane. He is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's great. Unbelievable. CJ Allen, like, like I mean, it's first round pick. He's he's the real deal. Michael Williams, first rounder. He's back. He's back. Michael Williams is so back. <laughs> like I, I, I've avoided speaking about this for the whole year. Has there been a little bit of a Michael Williams letdown potential? Yeah. Like there, we haven't. Like he was supposed to be our guy. Well, heck, listen, Michael. I don't care what you did against freaking Vanderbilt and all those morons. Like, you start doing it this half, this back half of the season, you start, you know, whipping uh, Paris Johnson from Ohio State in the playoffs, save it, bro. Like, I, save all your bullets for the big games. Like, that. I'm good with that. I'm perfectly yeah. good with that. Because he made Milton's life miserable on Saturday. Miserable. 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 Joe Milton, <laughs> let's talk about how mediocre he is. He's not let's, worth let's, any time. Let's just – I just want to take a victory lap, though, about how how right we were about this man. And, like, it's a lot of people thought he was going to be good. And I just – I don't no, understand don't, how don't, anyone don't ever – don't, don't victimize a lot of people. It, no. Fans. There, there, there were people outside of Tennessee who thought this man was going to actually be good this year. There, yeah, there were. It was – Name who they were because they're gonna you're gonna say they work for SEC. Their job is to hype up, you know, SEC people. They listen. listen. You you wouldn't catch me going on any kind of <laughs> television Griff, show. Griff, I don't care who's guy. telling me to do it. We're talking any sane person could put this together. We're talking about a guy who started at Michigan, was handed the keys as a freshman, benched. Transfers to Tennessee, starts again, benched. Okay, so he's been benched not one school, two schools. So and people thought he was going to be good. It's like okay, let's have a little bit of common sense here. 
he's probably going to get benched again. Unfortunately, Tennessee doesn't have another option, so they have to play him the rest of the year, and and that's that. I mean, he, he can throw at Orange 100 yards. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He'll I always guess. have that. He'll always have that to hang his hat on. And he and he will hang his I know, hat on. I know, you, I know you like the Easter egg I just dropped in there. I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's about enough of Tennessee. They, they're not really worth our time. Um, we we murdered them again. It's awesome. Athens it's North. Nice. We own that stadium. Kirby Smart owns that stadium. Yeah, he does. It, it should be named Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart Stadium. The house that Kirby built. <laughs> brick by brick, baby. <laughs> so before we really dive into Georgia Tech, well, we're not diving. Let's, let's be real. We're not diving into Georgia Tech. We'll just talk about some like Georgia broad scope things. Yeah. Um, the Hoop Dogs played this week in the Bahamas tournament, which is a cool tournament. A loaded field. I don't, I'm not yeah. – like, I'm a realist here. I'm not really sure how we got invited to this one, but we did. We played Miami, who went to the Final Four last year in the first round. They're still very, very good. Um, they they kind of whipped us. Like, I'll call a spade a spade. They kind of whipped us for pretty much the whole game. Like, we made it decently respectable towards the end of the game. And here's the thing about Georgia right now. Like, we came out firing, and we were beating them probably for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then we just go through these streaks right now where we just go cold for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we just have to chop those like in half. Like every team's going to have a little bit of period where they don't score the ball, which is normal in college basketball. Like it's college basketball. But we can't go six minutes. Yeah. So like it's going to take and – and it looks to me like – what it looks like to me is when stuff starts going like not great and we can't hit a shot, it's like everybody puts a lot of pressure on themselves to hit that shot. Instead of, and that's just what what looks to me as a guy who coaches basketball, played basketball, as a team who is a, not comfortable playing together yet. A lot of transfers, still trying to find the rhythm, trying to find the flow. Like going through these tough games early is is good for them. And you look at you look, you know, the casual fans are going to look at our record and be like, "Oh, Georgia's two and three. We just suck at basketball again." Yeah, we've lost to Oregon, Providence, and Miami. Miami. Yeah. All good teams. All sweet 16 teams. So, yeah, and we were competitive against – I mean, Providence, we we should have won the game. We went on a cold streak with five minutes left in the game. My, Miami, we played really well against the start of the game, and then we just stumbled and, and we finished all right. But, the cold streak right after the second half killed us. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, yeah, Providence, we, we literally outplayed them for most of the game, honestly. And then they hit two big threes with two minutes left in the game. And they're they're in a, they're a very experienced team. That Providence team is. I've yeah. watched them the past two years, and there's a lot of the same guys that have been playing on that team for a, a while. So yeah, they're they're a very good team. So like the, none of these none of these losses are like losses where you're just frustrated, like going to bed. And listen, like, how we lose that game. the thing is too, like if you're worried about this Georgia team, like you know we're in a way different spot now than we were two years ago, and. By the time we get the SEC play, we're going to have it together more than we have the past two we years. got to keep gelling. And, and we have an opportunity for a couple more big wins. Like, we go to Florida State, I think, next week. And Florida State's playing really, really well right now. So. Yeah, and we have we have a big opportunity to get to SEC play, have our minds right, and then play well in the SEC. And that's really what matters. With yeah. These non-conference games, like, they're good resume builders at the end of the year. But if you play well in your conference, especially in the SEC, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, a Wake Forest win is going to end up aging well. 
Yeah. Uh, if we get a Florida State win under our belt, like that's two wins in the ACC. So, you know, it, it, college basketball is a marathon. You have to you have to have a couple of hot months. You have to beat some good teams to get in, and we're going to have plenty of opportunities in conference to beat good teams. Um, team just got to keep gelling well. There's what I'm what the thing that excites me most. We talked about it before, like Silas Damari, uh, Blue Kane, like some of those freshmen showed a lot of promise. And then we Blue had Kane the guys next year. Blue, Blue Kane was knocking down some shots against Miami. Yeah. And then we add the guys we're getting next year. Like that's going to be a good team. So yeah, that's what I we hang my hat talent. on right now. We've and got talent, and that's something that we can't say for. Uh, I still think this team can be a bubble team, which will be fun. You know, I do give, too. Us, give us quality ball in February. That'd be awesome. Yep. All right, so let's talk a little bit about tech before we hop off. Um, I guess let's just let's just say or let's just talk about what do you want to see in this game. Give me give me a couple of things you want to see. We already talked about we want Beck to just you know throw for a thousand on them, but uh, other than that, I, that's that's pretty much all I want to see. I just <laughs> I just love to see us just steamroll these idiots. It was funny because I think going into this game, I thought the same thing about Setson. I'm like, we can't get Setson to four thousand yards, like. Let's let, yeah. just let it let it rip right no, here. No, like that's literally. I, I just want everyone to get their stats padded in this game. That's really all I care about. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I, we don't we don't always get to do that because of the style of football that we play, and you know it's a team. We're we're a team oriented. You know nobody's in it for themselves, and that's why we've won twenty eight games in a row. Also, after we win this game, we will have set the record for most wins in a row in college football history. But so. I think that's in the SEC. Is it just in the SEC? Yeah, it's SEC history. What's the record for college football? I'm not sure. It's it's fat, and I think it was like I forget who. I can't remember. So it, it doesn't Nebraska, matter. Nebraska or Miami or somebody. It's a lot. It's going to take it, a lot. But it can't matter though. It had to be from like the 30s. It has to be the most. Yeah, because dude, I, I swear it was like 50 games or something. It, yeah, that's probably that's that's irrelevant. That's insane. To me. There's there's no way it, it, that would not happen in the modern era of college football. But uh, oh, this is this is the greatest three year stretch in modern college football for sure, dude. If we'd have won that Bama game, though, we'd be at what pushing forty five. Well, when we win the national championship this year, it will be the greatest three year run in the history of college football, and nobody will ever be able to speak to me again about football if you're not a Georgia fan. So. Just go ahead and look forward to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure everyone is. Uh, what I want to see, really, like, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, let's just go out there and just be crisp. Like, let's not have any let off going into the Spama game. We've we've just been surging at the right time, which is all you can ask for. And it's, it's you know, no let off. Let's just ramp into it, and we're going to have a lot to say about that game in Atlanta. A lot to say. I got some takes to fire off. Um, I'm very excited for that one. Like that's that's just to put it bluntly. That's the only team I respect in the country. So yeah, yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad, but they're not as good as us. <laughs> Here we go. That'll be for the right. next one, though, folks. That's Bachelor Street Boys. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving week. If you're traveling, be safe. Hopefully, you listen to us on the road. Hopefully, we gave you a little bit of entertainment to shorten that drive. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys. If there's anything you ever want us to talk about on the show, just let us know. We're pretty open. Uh, again, subscribe to the channel, like the video, all that good stuff. Joe Dogs, have a great week. Let's whip up on tech. Let's get ready to play the national championship in Atlanta, Georgia. Talk to you later.